0: Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I got a question for you guys. I just want to hop right into it. I don't want to go into a big introduction or anything like that. I just want to get to it. Um, question for you. What do you value most? Happiness or Righteousness. And listen, when I ask this question, I don't want you to think it's a trick question. I don't want you to think I'm trying to sabotage your happiness or or your peace or your joy or any of that. But I want to ask the question because I think it's a very, very important question to ask. Because I think many of us may find ourselves in cycles, cycles of despair, as I would call it, cycles of unforgiveness, cycles of bitterness, hurt, trauma, unforgiveness, anger, rage, depression. A lot of times we find ourselves in these cycles, and I think it's important to evaluate this question. What do you value most? Happiness, or righteousness. And so what what I want to do um, is talk about the benefits of producing of, of pursuing righteousness. But I also want to highlight some of the dangers of pursuing and valuing happiness more than righteousness. So I want y'all to put on your seatbelts and, and just and just bear with me because I want to I want to give you guys some food for thought. And some things that I think are going to be very, very helpful for you in your walk, in your journey, in this life. Um, and I pray that the things that I say and the things and 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 some of the points and the scriptures that I go through really resonate with you um, and challenge you in a in a positive way, in a productive way. And and so pursuing happiness. Or pursuing righteousness? Can I pursue both? You know, because not, you know, you could take two different worldviews and how somebody else defines happiness may be different from how I define happiness. And and sometimes happiness can be subjective sometimes, right? Depending on who's defining it. But one of the things I would say, some of the dangers of valuing happiness more than righteousness is not everything that feels right. Or not everything that feels good is good. And I, I was having a conversation the other day um, with um, the um, the small group of men, our, our men's gathering with my church the other day, and we began to talk about discipline and denying ourselves of, of certain pleasures that may feel good In the present or in the moment, but don't yield long term uh, fruit or long term benefits. And, you know, (laughs) I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit right now. Um, One of the things that I've been working on, and all my friends, you know, that know me, my family knows that I love candy, I love sugar. And so, one of the things that I've really been working on is, cutting back on eating so much sugar, because though it tastes good in the short term, in the immediate, um, the long term ramifications are negative. Uh, Diabetes, high blood pressure, just different things that can result of eating too much sugar. And by the grace of God, I don't have any of those health issues, but I would be very arrogant and and, and cocky to think that I can continue eating sugar, uh, without any hesitation or any, uh, discipline and not think that it won't have negative long-term results in my physical health. And so during the, um, men's group, um, with my church, uh, one of my, one of my friends, Keith, who is big into, um, health and diet and and exercise and things of that nature, um, he's a vegan. And so he began to share um, his story and his journey and and as far as becoming a vegan. And one of the things that he brought out um, in his journey and becoming a vegan is, I asked him the question, I said, hey, was there ever a time when you loved bacon? (laughs) and he was like, yeah, I love. I I used to love bacon, and I was like, how hard was it to deny yourself of bacon? He was like, man, it wasn't easy at first. It wasn't easy at first, and bacon is one of those other things that can um, bring on long-term health challenges if you are constantly eating pork and things of that nature. It's just not good for you, Um, but he began to talk about how in the short term, denying himself of bacon was not easy in the short term. And he actually had to deny himself of short term, happiness for the purpose of long term health benefits. And I think the same applies in life as well we have to realize not everything that makes us happy in the short term or in the immediate future or in the present is good for us. And, and matter of fact, I would even make the argument that the most things that aren't good for you, um, a lot of things that aren't good for us feel good. And it's something, it's, it's amazing how Sin is usually always convenient. And a lot of times righteousness is inconvenient. But we have to look at what is doing the right thing inconvenient for. Usually. Most of the times, if not all the times, doing the right thing is always inconvenient for our flesh. The Bible talks about in Romans eight, how the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit right and so we have to realize that not everything that makes us happy in the short term is good for us long term and i think one of the reasons why society um in our current culture and world is so messed up is because people live for or for quote unquote happiness Without considering righteousness and the God who created them. And sometimes we as believers or people who profess to be Christians, sometimes we fall right in line with that line of thinking. And the the problem is the Bible says this in, in Proverbs 14 and 12. It says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way to death or the way the, the end is the way of destruction. And so just because something feels right, doesn't mean that it is right. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life felt great <laughs> when I first did it. <laughs> so, and some of you can probably are saying, Hey man, some of us have have, have had babies. Yes, b- children are a blessing from the Lord, praise God. <laughs> but some of us have had babies with, with people that like, man, that was a terrible decision. But I bet you in the moment it felt great. And so we can I'm sure we can go through many different examples in our lives where we made terrible decisions and they had long term consequences. But in the short term, they felt great. And so what I want you to what I really want to challenge you guys to think about is how the decisions that may feel good in the present may have produced the long term cycles of despair. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death and death is not always just Uh, When the Bible talks about the wages of sin being death, it's not just it's not always just a physical death. Yes, we're all going to die one day because Adam sinned and death is a result of um, the fall of man and all of that theological stuff I can get into. But sin also brings a spiritual death into your life. It, it it separates us from God, it alienates us from the mind and heart of God. And when we are alienated and separated from the heart and mind of God, we become subject to the things that are not of God. And we begin to find ourselves operating in, in, in toxic situations and toxic mindsets and toxic environments, toxic atmospheres and things of that nature when we do not fully become committed to righteousness. Because right, everything is a seed. And that's something that we talked about during the men's session, that everything is a seed. The good that we do and the bad that we do, everything is a seed. And so the Bible puts it this way it talks about the flesh and the spirit when you sow into the spirit you shall reap eternal life but whosoever sows into the flesh shall reap destruction and so i want i want you to understand something (laughs) a lot of times the wrong thing feels good a lot of times the wrong thing feels good and so this is why it's important to even look at the lens in which we are making decisions through because a lot of times we we'll think like just like the Bible the scripture I just read in Proverbs 14 and 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man there's a way that seems right to all of us there's a way that feels and looks right to all of us but the end thereof is destruction and this is one of the reasons why uh proverbs chapter three verse five through six it says trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And so, what's, what do you value most? Happiness or righteousness? And I think one of the, another one of the dangers of, of valuing happiness or our feelings and emotions more than righteousness is when we elevate our emotions or our happiness above righteousness or God's word, then truth becomes subjective. That's another reason why our world is so messed up right now. This is why you'll get in trouble. You can get in trouble or canceled if you call a man who identifies as a woman a man, or a woman who identifies as a man, a woman, because truth now in our society has become subjective. And this is why we hear people say things like, your truth. What is your truth? What is my truth? My truth is, and and truth has become subjective and based off of Feelings. I'll tell you this, if your stand, if your moral, if your standard of morality is determined by your feelings. Man, you're in trouble. I need a higher standard than myself. You need a higher standard than yourself. You were created by an amazing creator. He knew you before your parents before you were even a thought in the mind of your parents and so when we look at happiness righteousness at the end of the day what we have to understand is that righteousness though a lot of t- though sometimes righteousness is not convenient in the short term it produces Long-term benefits and fruit. Righteousness produces um, joy. You'll reap in joy. You'll reap in peace. You'll reap in hope. You'll reap in faith. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You can accumulate all the money in the world. You can accumulate Um all the success all the fame all the pleasures of this life but what does it profit a man to gain the world or even short-term pleasure but lose his soul the bible says that sin has a pleasure for a season and so i don't know about you guys i want long-term success I want long-term joy. I want long-term security. And the safest and most secure place is to be in the will of God. And there is no way that we can be in the will of God without la- laying down our own desires and our own will for the sake of Christ Jesus who laid down his life for our sake. And so I want to talk about with this. It is so vital and important that we embrace correction. See, a lot of times we sabotage our joy. We sabotage our peace and we stay in a cycle of despair, a cycle of depression. A cycle of hopelessness because we sacrifice our long what God has for us that is much more greater than a short-term satisfaction that leads to a long-term consequence. We sacrifice the short-term, kind of like um, you know, going back to the analogy with the diet, right? You know. When people are in the hospital or, or 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 reaping from bad decisions, nobody wants to live with regret. And what I want to look at real quick, what I love about the Lord, um is that his the purpose of God's correction. And so the first thing I will say when it comes to the correction of the Lord is we must humble ourselves to be able to receive God's correction. See, a lot of times we put ourselves in a place where we are actually fighting against the grace of God in our lives. The scriptures talks about how God will not put more on us than we can bear. But sometimes we fail to realize that we can put more on ourselves than we can bear through our own disobedience. And so we, we have to realize that humility is key to the grace of God. For James chapter four, verse six says, but he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to submit something to you. When you refuse to humble yourself, you literally put yourself at odds with God. And the Bible says he resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. And so we want to make sure that the posture of our hearts are in a place to receive from God in a place to, to receive everything that God has for us, because I'm a firm believer that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. But in our pride, we often push God's grace away. Pride is a way of saying, you know what? I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to continue doing things my way. Yeah, I know it's not working, but it feels right. It feels right to give them a peace of my mind. It feels right to hold unforgiveness in my heart. It feels right to hold on to bitterness in the moment because they did me wrong. It feels right to not deny myself of sexual sin and pleasure. And and the lust of my flesh, it feels right. And the reality is we can't have it both ways. And so I want to share a scripture with you guys tonight. I'm going to share my screen real quick because I think this is important. And I'm actually almost done. But it is so important that we hold on to the correction of God, that we cling to the correction of the Lord, because at the end of the day, he knows best. God knows what's best for us. And we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't say, well, God, I want your way, but I also want my way. We can't be part time for the Lord. It's time. God is God is saying, man, it's time to stop being part time Christians. It's time to stop being part time with the Lord. Some of us are listening to so many different sources. One minute we're listening to the word of the Lord. The next minute we're listening to the word of the world and we're listening to fleshly and spiritual messages. And we wonder why we're in a cycle, because one minute we're listening to the word of God. And then the next minute we're listening to somebody else's advice who isn't hearing from God, whose words aren't rooted in scripture. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so God wants to give you stability. God wants to give you direction. God wants to give you security in himself. And he wants to give you and, and he wants to pull you out of the cycle of despair that you may have found yourself in. And some of us may have been wrestling with this for years. I've heard somebody say, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. And listen, I've been insane in my past. But I want. To, I don't want to be insane anymore. I don't want to operate in dysfunction anymore. I don't want to operate in toxic toxicity anymore. I don't want to operate in despair anymore. For the Bible says, he that keeps his mind stayed on the Lord, he will keep him in perfect peace, not just peace, not, not just a temporary peace, but perfect peace. And I don't know about y'all, I want the perfect peace of God. But I want to look at Hebrews chapter 12. And we're still talking about embracing correction. See, a lot of times what happens is. We are more consistent. In our emotions. But ask yourself, am I consistent in faith? Am I consistent? In righteousness, because what happens is we're consi- we'll be consistent in our emotions. We'll be we'll be consistent in being on the roller coaster of our emotions. One sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like praising God. Sometimes I don't. And and however my emotions are, that's how I am. If I wake up, I don't feel I don't feel like doing what's right. I don't feel like submitting myself to God. I'm not feeling it today, so I'm not doing it. Oh, today I feel great. I feel like glorifying God. Oh, it's Easter. It's time to praise. And and it's like, man, we're we're there's no stability because our emotions are controlling us. And then what happens is, the moment we try to do what's right, we get discouraged because we don't get instant results. We get discouraged because we don't see instant results. And that's not how it works. See, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so, in that, a good farmer understands that it takes time to cultivate a good harvest. A good farmer doesn't plant the seed and, and, and then water it and then stand there tapping his feet like, what's taking this seed so long to grow? No, he understands that it takes consistency in cultivation. It takes consistency in watering that seed and and, and tilling the ground and making sure that that seed is receiving the nurture that is necessary to produce the harvest that he's hoping for. And so God doesn't work like a microwave sometimes. We. Who wants to have a Thanksgiving meal? Who wants to have stovetop dinners or, and microwavable TV dinners on Thanksgiving? God wants to give us a feast. He says, you could taste and see that he is good, but we have to be willing to be disciplined and go and let pay as the scriptures say, let patience have her perfect work. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Starting at verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great. A cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It's time to lay aside the sin that so easily besets us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. See, this is important right here. I don't want to drive past this because going back to the point that I just made about us listening to so many different sources. See, we have to be careful who we listen to because a lot of people are talking that the the churchy Christian jargon of faith, hope, faith, and a lot of the faith and motivational talks that are out there are not rooted in Scripture. They're using the terminologies and they're saying certain cliche terms, but that faith that they're talking about isn't rooted in Christ. It's a soulish faith. It is a, a selfish faith, a faith that is rooted in your emotions and, and, and you. And I, 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 me, me, me. But at the end of the day, we have to realize we were glorified, we were um created to glorify God. And so in verse two, it says, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. We have to allow him to perfect our faith. If our faith are in other things, if our faith are in, is in people, we have to be open to that correction. We have to be open, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The next few uh, verses is titled, Don't Grow Weary. Ah, Man, this is getting good. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. So what the scriptures are saying, look at Jesus and what Jesus went through and what he subjected himself to. We just got out of uh, resurrection weekend and um, many of you guys have heard the story of the cross and what Jesus did on the cross for you and how he subjected himself to sinners, how he subjected himself to be beaten and spit on. By the people that he was dying for. And it says. He did this. He endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary. Or faint hearted. Now, when you. I want to point out something here. When it talks about not growing weary or faint hearted. See. Being weary and faint-hearted—that's a different type of tiredness, right? See, for you guys who work out in 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 the gym, lift weights or run, you know, it, it's not—it's—it's it's, you're okay after you get a good workout in, even though you're tired. Nobody gets a good workout in the gym or a good workout playing basketball or something to say, man. Oh, I'm tired, man. That was pointless. No, even though you're tired, you feel a sense of accomplishment because, you know, the seeds that you sowed in your in your workout are going to reap long term benefits in your strength, in your health. And so the difference between that type of tired and being faint hearted and weary is when you believe that your tiredness in doing what's right isn't for a purpose. When, when you feel like you're doing the right thing for no reason. When you, when you feel like you're doing the right thing and it's pointless. The Bible says don't, don't think like that. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be faint-hearted because it's working towards a purpose. Keep cultivating the seed. And so he says so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin because that's what we're talking about me per, me putting my happiness and what feels right to me and valuing that more than righteousness is sin and so he says in your struggle against sin You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. He's like, you are not you you resisting. You're not having to go through what Jesus went through. (laughs) But yet you're weary and faint hearted and, and what you're going through isn't even close to what he's went through for you. And so he says in verse five, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. Let me ask you this. How do you respond to correction? How do you respond to the correction of the Lord? Do you push back and say, oh, I ain't feeling that. I know better. Or do you step back and say, hey man, what I've been trying has not been working. Maybe I need to listen to the godly counsel in my life. Maybe I need to listen to the word of the Lord. The Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counsel. Some of us need to change our environments. Some of us Um, have given our ears to the wrong people. We're surrounded ourselves with people who don't speak life into us. They only affirm the sin that so easily besets us. They only affirm the sins that we struggle with. And they're not going to give us godly wisdom concerning the cycle of despair that we're in, because truth be told, they're stuck in a cycle of despair as well. And misery loves company it is time to break the cycle of despair in your life and so how do you respond to God's correction he gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud I do not want to put myself at odds Against the grace of God. Lord, help me to humble myself. And so he says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. See, the reason why, I don't want you to miss this. The reason why I keep stopping after each uh, verse is because there's so much, so many gems in this. He says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. See, the reason why God doesn't, just give us exactly um, what we want right away sometimes or give us what we want sometimes because sometimes what we want isn't what he wants. And some and sometimes God wants us to wait because there's something about patience that how God uses patience to produce endurance in us. And we have need of endurance. We have need of consistency. Some of us have only been consistent to the things that fuel the despair in our lives. But now it is time to be consistent to the things of God. And so he says it is for discipline. He said it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. That we may share his holiness. For the moment, not catch this. This is it. This is the last verse for the moment. All discipline seems painful. Rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so God wants to produce peace in your life. He wants to produce holiness in your life but we have to be willing to say not my will but your will be done lord and die to ourselves and so i want to encourage you guys i want to leave you with this let's make sure that we are pursuing righteousness and and holiness and and truth because at the end of the day I heard somebody say only what we do for Christ will last. I'll add something to that. Only what Christ did will last. And the the safest place in the whole wide world is to be found in him. And so be blessed you guys. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and I hope that this blessed you. If you guys have any questions. Feel free to go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests and questions. We got more shows on the way. I'm going to try to get back to record regularly, but I appreciate you guys tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture.